Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. As we get out the Christmas lights, ornaments, and tinsel to decorate our homes, many of us are relieved that Christmas will feel a bit more normal this year. As we prepare to gather with friends and family to celebrate the birth of Jesus, let us prepare in mind, body, spirit, and space by decking the halls and our lives with what matters most, the hope, peace, joy, and love of God. Emmanuel has come. God turned the world on its head that first Christmas night and continues to turn the world today. In this special Christmas Eve message, Pastor Jen Tyler shares the perfectly imperfect story of the first Christmas and challenges us to embrace imperfection and create memories in the messy chaos of life. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. been decking the halls of our homes and our church and our lives throughout the season of Advent, and today we get to deck the halls with the love of Jesus. And so as we jump into our time for the message, won't you pray with me? Lord God, we ask that you would open our ears, especially in this time, that we might hear your voice clearly, open our eyes that we might see you clearly, and our hearts that we might love you more deeply as you rid us from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So my friend Anne shared a story on her Facebook page a little while back about how her and her husband were decorating their Christmas tree. And as they were doing that, they had planned to pepper the tree with some ornaments from his childhood. And so they took a moment as they pulled each one out. Maybe this story sounds familiar to some. Every ornament as it comes out of its box and its wrapping, you look it over, maybe you flip it and look at the date on the bottom of the ornament and you reminisce a little of the stories that each of these ornaments represents. As Anne described her and her husband Eric doing this together, uh, it was certifiably a Hallmark kind of moment, right, as you think about this ideal, or at least it was until they pulled out this ornament I want to show you a picture of, which Anne lovingly called a son of a gun. It didn't really look like the rest in, well, it's a little less charming, isn't it? You can't quite tell there, but what this used to be was a cute little globe that hung on the Christmas tree, but now instead of being a snow globe, it was a little more like a mold globe. Green gloop is plastered on the sides. That's why you can't even tell what used to be on display in this globe. And well, why then, if this one is looking so gross and un-Christmas-like, why would you share this one? But the truth is, sometimes Christmas is a little like this, isn't it? It's messy, it's gross, it's imperfect or stinky or maybe like this a little bit hazardous from time to time. Some of us, of course, have perfect Christmases, but most of us shoot for a perfect Christmas more than we live it, don't we? We all set out for Christmas and we want it to be this beautiful and picturesque and ideal day or season in our lives. And we know exactly what we want it to look like and how things are going to go. 
And then we get here in real life where things go wrong, where interruptions happen and unexpected or perhaps even unwelcome elements continue to pop up in our lives. These disruptions can frustrate us. They can cloud our view of the original purposes or intentions. They cause us to lose our focus and to forget what was really important about all of it in the first place. Anybody relate to that a little bit on Christmas? If not now, then at some point in our lives, right? Whether it is a perfect gathering that we worked hard to plan that went less than perfect, or it's something like those matching Christmas pajamas that you ordered for everyone, but one of them didn't arrive in time, and so somebody has to be left out. Maybe there's something else about this Christmas, like when we are grieving things that look different or people that aren't with us. There are big and small ways that our perfect days, well, they can be a little more like an imperfect day, can't they? Whether things go terribly wrong or those little things are out of place, sometimes we've all had those times or those seasons or those days in our lives that it feels like nothing is going exactly how we plan. And we tell this story today because that's a little bit how the first Christmas went. If anyone could understand how frustratingly imperfect an ideal life that we have all planned out might throw curveballs at us, it was Mary and Joseph. Not only was their entire pregnancy and carrying of the Christ child unplanned, but it came at a time that was less than convenient, to say the very least. In our second reading that we heard today from the beginning of Luke chapter 2, we are told that not only had Mary just learned that she was carrying Jesus, the Savior of the world, but we're also told that inconveniently to them, this was the time that the emperor decided they should have a census. Now, unlike today, when you can quickly fill out your census form online, or if you don't, you know they will come to your door again and again until you finally answer, right? But back then, they didn't have forms to fill out. Instead, everyone was invited to go back to the hometown of your ancestors, to your family of origin. And that meant they had to travel. Because Joseph's family of origin was from the city of Bethlehem. And I know this map is hard to see from where you're seated, but hopefully you can see that squiggly red line that runs down a map of Israel. At that top little dot there is the city of Nazareth where they were living at the time. And then they had to travel on foot from that northern region all the way down and around and through cities we know, like Jericho and Jerusalem, until they finally get to the end where Bethlehem is located. In total, this was about 90 miles one way, which meant it probably took them five days or maybe even longer to get there. Now, I don't know about you, but a five-day trip on foot does not sound fun to me. And then you throw in the fact that Mary is super pregnant, and I think, well, that's pretty imperfect, isn't it? And it was while they were there, they finally got there, that we are told it came time for Mary to deliver her child. 
She, we are told that once she delivered Jesus, she wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, while most of us know this story and some of these details pretty well, it continues to strike me year after year after year, season after season, that this story is the epitome of a story that does not go as planned, not one single part. And yet with the gift that we have in hindsight, this is actually a pretty perfect story, isn't it? We love the Christmas story. And yet, while we might call it a perfect story that we have a lot to glean from, perhaps Mary would call it perfectly imperfect if she was feeling generous. Perfectly imperfect. Because everything seemed to go wrong, but the fact that nothing might have gone as they may have hoped is exactly what makes this story so real and so relatable. Because if the details surrounding the birth of God himself who comes to us at Christmas, if those details aren't pretty and perfect and everything that we would hope for in our lives, then it makes it a lot easier when my plans go awry too. Because at least God gets it. And at least you know you are neither the first nor the last to have your plans flip turned upside down. There's something about the gift of solidarity, knowing that other folks are going through that too, isn't there? It's more than that too, of course. It's a reminder that Jesus isn't just for people who have our lives together or who look like we have our lives together in accordance with worldly standards. But instead, we know that the arrival of God on earth at Christmas, it's about more than the pretty sparkling trees and the twinkling lights and our families looking all pretty and put together for those Christmas pictures that I know we're all gonna be taking. We love these things. But the greatest gift at Christmas is the one that reminds us of the original purpose of how often we, like Mary and Joseph, might set off with this picturesque, idealized goal in our minds. But it reminds us that it's okay when things don't turn out that way, perhaps especially if things don't turn out that way. And Jesus wants us to know that if that's true in your life, then maybe this Christmas is especially for you. Because this imperfectly perfect or perfectly imperfect story is a story that is full of hope. It is a story that mirrors those of us who live messy and complicated lives. It is a story that brings forth hope and good news in the midst of chaos and unexpected circumstances. It reminds us that just as the good news of Jesus' birth draws around us nearing Christmas Day tomorrow, we know that we too are invited to look and to see and to know that God comes to us at Christmas and not just us as a whole, but God comes for me and for you. And so today, this afternoon, this evening, this night, 
as we're going to go on in a little while here to carry on with our celebrations and our gatherings, whatever those look like. Maybe that looks like feasts, or maybe if you're really lucky, somebody got you a gift. Maybe we're going to celebrate around the tree and sing Silent Night. Whatever may come for you this day or in this season, may you know that God is with you that God is with you in your messy, imperfect chaos, and God is with you when the memories that we make end up feeling perfect, too. My hope is that this year you'll remember that as we make new memories, as we look over the ornaments hanging on our trees and decking our halls, hoping that they remind us of this invitation to embrace our imperfections. And to help you to do that, I want to give everyone here a gift tonight. I want to gift you a new ornament that you can look back on for years to come to remember this promise. So in the back, near the Welcome Center, and by each of the doors or upstairs, um, there are tables up there by the offering plates as well. There are trays up there with an assortment of ornaments for you to choose from. I would like for every family to take one home. There are some that are imperfectly perfect, like these Christmas trees that our children made for us on Wednesday evening. My favorite part of these trees is that no two of them are the same, but they were made with love. There are others out there too that don't have as varied shapes and sizes that were bought in a store and I want you to take one that speaks to you. Maybe that reminds you of the chaos and imperfection and different shapes and sizes of our lives or maybe one that is perfect and reminds you of the perfection of Jesus himself. Whether you choose a perfect one or one that's wonky and broken, May it remind you of God's gift and promise to be with us in the complicated, messy parts of our lives. May it remind us that Christmas is about the dawning of good news, and we, the people of God, are invited to embrace this good news as we celebrate. For as the book of Isaiah in chapter 9 tells us, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Friends, that blessing and that gift of light is an opportunity for us to not only embrace it for ourselves, but to share that light with all we meet this day and always. Let's pray together. God of abundance who gives us all that is good, who is with us in our holy chaos and in the moments of perfection, We thank you for the generous, miraculous gift of Jesus, your son, whom you offer to us anew this night. God, as we pray and give thanks for you and for all that you give to us, we remember those especially who are hurting or grieving or less fortunate. Bless us, O God, whom we adore, and help us to turn our faces ever toward you. In the name of Jesus Christ, your holy son and our Lord. Amen. Friends, tonight, as we move in our service, I want to take this as a moment and an opportunity to invite you to give to our Christmas offering. 
100% all of our undesignated offerings tonight are going to support mission or outreach that we are a part of here at First Church, specifically mission opportunities for our children and youth, such as a mission trips that we are planning for next summer or vacation Bible school over next summer. Uh, the other thing that these funds will be going to support is outreach opportunities, such as our food and diaper giveaways or our partnership with the Roosevelt School. Friends, if you are called to give tonight, there is a QR code you can scan on the screens. We also have baskets at the back and at each stairwell, and always you can go directly to our website at watertownfirst.church. For all the ways that we give this and every day, let us offer these gifts before God in prayer. Everlasting God, this evening as we gather to celebrate your coming into the world to transform it and make it new, May what we give continue your transforming work to all corners of the world, to all of your people created in your image. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.